Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. This week I got to talk to Primal Bro, a.k.a. Ben Phelps. No relation there. But Ben has lost a substantial amount of weight, and not once, but twice. Uh, you know, by his own description, the first time Ben fixed the things nutritionally, but he didn't fix the mental side of things. So he gained a lot of weight back, and then he's gone for round two, lost a ton of weight, fixed a lot of things mentally, and is having much more success, keeping it off, and just a lifestyle change in general. We also talked about, you know, some of those things specifically that he's done and some tips to help you guys out. Then we talked about my favorite topic, which you guys know is jujitsu. Ben's a blue belt, just like I am, has been training in the sport for years. And, you know, we talked about how people who might be on a weight loss journey or are looking for a change can get in there and really enjoy it. So be sure to check Ben out on Instagram at Primal Bro and his podcast, Primal Brocast. Our shows are very similar, and Ben puts out a lot of quality information. So if you enjoy this episode and want to help out the show, the best way to do that is to leave a review, share with your family and friends, or uh, just tag us in your story or something on Instagram. Very, very helpful, and I appreciate all of you guys who keep doing that. You're awesome. So let's get to it. Here's Ben. Ben, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How about yourself? I'm very well. Uh, thank you for ha- asking me to do this, and I'm glad we kind of made it work relatively quickly in my experience with scheduling podcasts, so I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, scheduling, I tell everybody who like agrees to be on the show, like scheduling podcasts is definitely one of the hardest parts. Yeah, if not the hardest part, and then like you add in other factors, right, because there's like time change, time zones, so then beyond that, you have people's schedules and what different time zones are in, and it gets uh, it gets tricky. Exactly. Uh, especially um, the episode that's coming out this week, I talked to a lady who lives in Israel. So the time difference is like completely different. It was like middle of the day for me, I think, if I remember correctly, and then like 11 o'clock at night uh, for her. So it was like a, she was in the future. Yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> she was almost in tomorrow. Right. Um, so like you kind of just said, man, you're uh, no stranger to podcasting. You have the uh, the primal broadcast, right? How, what, what made you start that? Uh, yeah, the primal broadcast, the name is just an extension of my, uh, I guess online persona or my brand. All of these feel like gross words, but they are Mm -hmm. kind of prove the point. Um, but what, what made me want to start it is I have really been trying to build a life around, uh, I kind of drilled it down to this. Like I want to inform people. I want to inspire people and I want to entertain people. And I try to kind of carry that I one or multiple of those things through all, all the things that I do. So like everything I put on social media uh, and a podcast, not only did that seem like it fit logically into that uh, criteria because a podcast can do all of those things. Um, but beyond that, I just enjoy more of a long form thing. Like uh, I tried to make some YouTube videos. Um, one thing I didn't like about that was it took, it was like, um, it was a lot of work and you couldn't be long winded. Like you couldn't explain things in depth cause it's gotta be quick, right? Like it's a shorter mm-hmm. format. Uh, I like the long format type thing of a podcast. You can go for 30 minutes to three hours, depending on the situation. I get to talk to cool people on the podcast. There were a lot of things that like interested me or, or made or drew me to that medium or outlet. Uh, and a lot of it just kind of stems from 
really what I'm trying, this life that I've been trying to build for so long and like create for myself. And it's, it's really a super logical uh, part of that. And it's probably my favorite thing uh, that I've ever done. And it's the most, both most rewarding, most fun and most successful. So I'm, uh, I'm happy. Check, 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 you know? Yeah, it's a very similar um, thing for me. So like when I set out to do this podcast, I just like wanted to um, really inspire and educate was kind of the, you know, the, the, the path that I went on. And, you know, I thought like what better way to do that than having people tell their stories of like what works so that you have the antidote side. And then you also have, um, you know, have some professionals on here that have are educated in, in like those specific fields and you merge those two things together and you, I feel like there's a lot to learn there. Yeah. hundred percent that we have, it is very similar concepts. We've, we've also had relatively similar guest pools uh, mm-hmm. most recently or most notably Matt Vincent, which was both of our, as we're recording this most recent episodes, which is just funny because it's not like we planned that. Um, also no relation i don't know like just we should say that now but last name's yeah. phelps but we uh i just recently kind of discovered or learned of you um mm-hmm. yeah and i dig it i listened to a few podcast episodes that my friends were on and i listened to a few more um after you invited me to come on here and and it is it felt very similar in terms of like where it's coming from you know yeah, absolutely. I mean, we could be like long lost cousins from back in the day and just That's not true. know it, but you never know. Um, yeah, it is definitely a similar feel. And it's kind of funny because one thing that I was drawn to and like wanted to have you on the show is like we're definitely into some similar things with uh, just like the nutrition and, and the jujitsu podcasting, just a whole bunch of stuff just kind of fell in line together. Yeah. It's, and that was that's what I meant when I was like a lot of overlaps because it goes beyond just like podcast format it's uh we've both we've both lost weight we both have really uh done a number on our diets and changed things up we both do jujitsu so like there's several commonalities and even down to the last name like we said uh, a minute ago so yeah (laughs) um so you know one thing you were talking about the podcast being like the long form i uh you know i really struggle with like the social media because of like the um clickbait clickbaitiness of it um you know like i I don't like the the like flashy picture and then like the five sentences like i really struggle um you know i don't necessarily struggle to come up with content but i struggle to get my point across in a short medium yes that's been a challenge for me too it's something like anything obviously anything that you struggle with um you can improve right like repetitions and you get better uh, and social media is no different, right? Putting content out, do anything, podcasting. Um, but like, that is something I struggled with a lot too. And that's because I was saying, I like the long format. I like being able to try to articulate. I call it articulating. Some people probably call it rambling or ranting, but like <laughs> Vernet, it's just whatever. Uh, but I struggle to boil things down in a, in a way that's not too overly simplified, right? Cause you can make simple content and just be like, it's the whole thing of like people being like, eat better, move more. And it's like that, or eat less, move more, or what, however, like there's all these quick ways of saying things, but there's so much that goes into that where I feel almost dishonest at a certain point once I've op- like gotten it to a, too simple. You know what I mean? Like I'm being too absolute, too black and white with things. But then when you try to be more nuanced and go into 
something that's more complex then people aren't going to read it and it's like well that's maybe i you know maybe i should learn to find a balance which is what i like to think i'm working towards but doing the podcast kind of helps scratch the itch for really getting things like getting my point across you know yeah and so one reason that i i brought this up is because i do think like the social media side of things is important because you draw so much attention and you know for something like us like where we are trying to you know inspire and educate is that or inform is um you know if it's too simple people kind of breeze past it if it's too complex people try to kind of breeze past it you have to make content that hits people in uh the right way that hits them in like the mentality that they're kind of in at the time because we all hear this stuff over and over and over again like we all know that we need to you know care about calories in versus calories out about how much output we're putting but you know it's not until you hit it or you hear it in a way that you're like man that makes sense or that stands out to you that you know you kind of take that in and internalize it and make a change well that's why there's so much because i mean you're absolutely right it's like nobody that is posting anything helpful online there's not a tremendous amount of originality left i guess would be a good way to say Mm -hmm. right there's not a lot of room like you can get more clever in the way that you're saying the same concepts but the concepts themselves don't really change um but like everything hits somebody different so like that not only is that the reason why there's room for almost everyone really anyone can start a podcast and you'll develop a listener base because it's as long as you make it a reflection of yourself right like I think if people as similar as our podcasts are when they listen to them, I'm sure they like anyone listening would pick up on like big key differences and the message coming from a different person can hit each of us differently. Right. So like me coming on here, maybe someone that's been listening to yours for a long time, they'll hear it and they'll be like something that I say and they'll be like, whoa, whoa, that really like the way he said that really clicked. And then beyond that, like each of us having guests on, because our listeners don't want to just listen to us recite the same things over and over. Right. So we bring people on who've experienced it in their own ways and who kind of come at it from a different angle. But again, it all goes back to these really fundamental underlying uh, principles that don't change a tremendous amount. So you're right. It is more of like trying to put it out in as many different or like varied ways so that you can reach as many people or influence as many people or help as many people as possible. Yeah. And so talking about that, you know, like we all come at it from a different direction. So can, you know, you give the audience a little bit of background about yourself and like the direction that you've taken um, on your, you know, your weight loss and your transformation. And I mean, you, you seem like you've made some really big changes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I was just sorry if it's normally we would open and like when I'm the guest on a podcast, I open with all that explanation. And I didn't even think about it. I just breeze right past, but people probably don't even necessarily realize why you asked me to come on short of having the podcast at this point. But uh, I have lost um, 155 pounds from my heaviest to my lightest. Um, but one thing I think that's worth noting right off the top is that my, I was only at my lightest weight for maybe a month and, and I was unhappy with that for different reasons. Um, but that 155 pound weight loss actually came uh, in two rounds of losing over 100 pounds um, in 2014, I believe. And I will say this, I always feel bad because I'm, I have never had a good timeline uh, of my journey. I did very little to document it because it was 
uh, embarrassing. And then at a certain, in a, at a certain level, I think I wasn't confident that I was actually going to do it. Like I really lacked faith in myself to be able to do something. So I didn't want to take progress pictures. Uh, so most of this, I kind of like, I've never had a real strong timeline, but I did in preparation for your podcast. Um, uh, I kind of hopped on Facebook and I was like sitting there like a detective with string attached to different pictures, right. Trying to like map out this timeline so I could really make sure that I was giving it as accurate as possible. Cause up till now, I've always said like around now, or like in about a few months, like it was very general. Cause I just for better or for worse, didn't have a strong grasp on it, but now um, I have a better idea so I can give, give that to people, give it to listeners. And I think about 2014 um, I was, I saw 333 pounds and that was the heaviest that I ever got um, ever or in adult life. Um, up to that point, I just, from birth, my life has essentially been a steady weight gain. I was always heavy, always overweight. And I wasn't one of those cool kids that used it to their advantage to play football or anything like that. I was uh, in a very direct sense. I was just fat and lazy for essentially the first 23 years of my life. Uh, and then in 2014, uh, kind of all these things happened what felt like within the same week, uh, and it was definitely within the same month, but for the, there was a place that I worked and I did a local TV interview. It's a picture that I use on my Instagram as a before picture a lot, um, because that was me at like heaviest, like that was where it officially kind of started. Um, around the same time as that TV interview, I had a doctor's appointment, which was not so favorable. Uh, talk about high blood pressure, you talk about prediabetes, and it's just not a fun visit, right? Like it's, uh, and then uh, to kind of sprinkle on top of that or amplify all of these things, I was dealing with uh, like the realization of what fatherhood meant because I had a young son who at that time was, he wasn't brand new, right? He was, uh, by 2014, he would have been three years old. Um, but it, it, I guess it took it a little while to hit me because I was so young having kids, but like all these things kind of pushing at me from different angles. Uh, and that was kind of like the moment when I decided to make a change. And the first thing that I ever did was the paleo diet, uh, which essentially just removes sugars and grains, eat like ancestrally similar uh, to how humans evolved to eat. Uh, and if you want to go deeper on anything, just let me know. I'm gonna, I'll breeze over some of the buzzwords, right? Like paleo and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did a paleo diet and then um, I started just moving, exercising, but that it's all relative, right? Because exercising used to just mean going for walks. Uh, and then slowly I started to work on some body weight stuff. Um, and where I really landed strong at that time was kettlebells. So with a combination of a paleo diet and, and some activity, um, I got down and in 2015, 2016, somewhere in that uh, transition, end of 2015, beginning 2016, I got down to 209 pounds. Um, which was at that point a big deal because I had lost 129 or 100 and uh, 100, yeah, 120. I don't know. I had lost 120 pounds basically. Um, but like, I, I think one thing I really wanted out of weight loss was like, if I can just lose weight, this will make me happier. Like, this is the thing that's wrong, right? So, yeah. getting down to 209. I start to come to the realization that like, oh, that didn't work. Like, I feel more confident, feel better about my body and everything. I'm more healthy physically. Um, no more bad doctor's visits or anything like that. But that was where I realized I had really kind of neglected sort of the mental development process uh, 
or, or just, I, I had what I like to call a, a, a bit of an existential crisis. And it, it kind of came from this job that I worked. I worked a, a 10 hour day, but I also commuted and I was in a car for an hour and a half one way. So three hours. So that's 15 hours every day dedicated to work five days a week. So like that's that, gross. that really, yeah, that really like weighed super heavy on me, especially again, having family, having kids, and then also trying to be a person. So like, you know, you got to make time for yourself. Right. And I often found that that was the thing that got that time got taken from because priorities were like, you got have to work and my family's more important, but like, that's not to say that I wasn't important. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh, long story short, so to speak, the, the weight loss didn't make me happy. And I kind of went through a bit of a rough patch. I dropped off of everything and I gained uh, in like a six or seven month time span, I gained 80 pounds and I got back up to 289. I remember that being like, that was like round two's heaviest, right? That was the highest I saw on the scale when I decided to really recommit to myself. Uh, and once I did that, when I went back, I just kind of went back to the same online resources that I had been using when I was doing paleo. I, I did some Reddit, some couple blogs, um, and then obviously social media resources. And when I like rediscovered those pages or went back to them, I guess enough time had passed where all of a sudden I was seeing more things about uh, keto, right? And that was still in, in 2016. Um, so like, I was like, I will try this. It was kind of a logical offshoot uh, from this paleo thing that I'd done, I took a lot of the same principles. So some people, when they do keto, they think about like, they still eat a lot of highly processed foods, but that was never my version of keto because I came from that paleo background. Uh, so it was still very much like whole foods, real food, single ingredient. Um, it was just now instead of sweet potatoes and butternut squash, it was extra cheese on the burger and, and, and more cheese on the side. I don't know. It got sloppy at the beginning, but still I, I avoided highly processed foods. Um, I got down to 185 with keto and I kind of stalled out uh, for a little bit towards the end of 2017. Um, I participated in World Carnivore Month 2018 and that bumped me down to my lowest ever weight of 178 pounds. Um, I wasn't necessarily uh, thrilled or happy with how that looked or felt. Um, It was like almost too small, I guess, which is I never... that. That was a mind blowing in itself it was like, I never imagined feeling that feeling in my life. Um, and then I did carnivore that one month carnivore challenge for world carnivore month, January, 2018 lasted about uh, 18 months. If you don't count like here and there's, you know what I mean? Like it was going to be something I did as a challenge. And then I did carnivore for a while. Um, and then to kind of push beyond just the weight loss journey past that lowest point, I went, from carnivore, I kind of broadened back out to keto. Um, and now here more recently, I have expanded exponentially. I've almost, I've almost uh, abandoned a lot of the um, things that I did in the past, like doing very, very low carb keto, right? Like I don't, I do carbs, I do rice, rice, potatoes now. Um, a, a lot of things are changed. I think particularly the most important thing that changed is like the mental side of things like the person I am now can handle the way that I eat because of the habits I have, the experience I have, the goals that I have. But like when I did keto and when I did carnivore as strict as I did those things um, for as long as I did them, it was necessary in that moment. Cause that was what I needed to kind of get to the next level. Right. So like, I really kind of, I diet hopped around, but in a beneficial way, most people diet hop and then move from one to the other because they're not having success. Whereas I, 
would have success on one. And then essentially I'd want to, I don't want to say relax myself because I'm not going to be the guy that eats donuts. Um, I'm not like the big cheap meal guy. Like I'm not doing any of that stuff. Like and not to say they don't have those things, um, but it is not a very regular part of my life. Like it is for a lot of people who've gone through um, weight loss, right? The more of an, if it fits your macro style thing. And that's not to kind of dump on anyone because now I'm eating rice. I'm eating bodybuilder looking meals, right? Like uh, yeah. all sorts of approaches, but yeah, now I bounce around between the, dependent on how, how much I'm training and how uh, disciplined I'm being somewhere in the 187 to 193 range um, is usually like, I'll hover there almost consistently, almost without effort with like, at this point, I just kind of know how much to eat to maintain that, that range. I think uh, one of the most, you know, crucial things that you just said there was, you know, you were talking about basically your transition from, um, you know, kind of the, low carb, long-term lifestyle to, um, more of eating, um, how you want and basically knowing yourself and, uh, you know, building the habits over a long period of time to where you can handle eating the foods that you want. And so I have been on that same mentality, uh, for a long time. And basically, you know, I started kind of similar to you. Um, you know, I'd lost the majority of my weight with like, uh, I did paleo for a little while, keto for a little while, probably 75, 80 pounds of the weight that I lost was on keto. And what I tell people all the time is it's literally just because, um, I learned myself and learned that my, the food that I struggle with was carbs, you know, potato chips, uh, you know, and, uh, donuts and like all those kind of things are where I would like completely lose control. And so since I didn't have that control, I eliminated it, built some habits. And now I eat very much of a bodybuilder style type diet. And then, you know, I have the cheat meals and stuff, but they're set and they're defined because those are the, those are the habits that I've been able to build. Now, does that sometimes go off the rail? Yeah, I definitely still make those similar mistakes, but now I'm able to recover from them where before it would be like, you know, I made this mistake with donuts and now I'm in a routine and I'm going to eat that every morning. You know, if I do that one time, you know, I just accept like I'm going to have it today and then not have it tomorrow. And that's something that like I wasn't capable of in the past. So I think like my point here is that what gets you from point A to point B might have to be drastic. And then when you're going from B to C, you've got learned behaviors that you can count on and be, I don't want to say more relaxed, but more flexible. Yeah. That, I mean, a thousand percent, because that, that's one thing that I, that's, I guess one place where I, I, I don't want to say I, I differ, but I see like opinions of, you know, a lot of the conventional um, both, experts and influencers, everybody who's kind of more of this, like, just monitor your calories, like don't eat so much, you can have Oreos in moderation, right? Um, I think that's just a different type of human being. I think there's some kind of disconnect, because I, and like a lot of those people will tell you, like, doing something like keto, they attribute it to like an eating disorder. And then mm -hmm. maybe to some extent, it can be I think any diet can turn into a disorder, depending on how someone is executing it you know what I mean like any any diet can um but I can see where they're coming from because it is a almost blanketed fear um of carbohydrates and I was guilty of that myself but it was I say I don't want to say guilty in a way that makes it sound like I shouldn't have felt that way because I needed to feel that way like desperate times call for desperate measures is, is a really easy way to sum it up because it was I was in such a 
I was so far gone with food, right? Like I had so far to go that an extreme approach was the only way that was going to make it happen at least uh, with as little pain as possible. Nothing's easy per se, right? Or none, it's it's going to take effort, um, but the extreme methods uh, actually I found to require the least amount of effort. Um, and then once that helped me kind of reset my baseline, I think is a good way to look at it. You just got to change what normal looks like because if you're on a diet, but to you, people, other people eat normal because they have bagels for breakfast. That's the problem is what in your head, right? You have to reshift. You have to shift your baseline of what normal looks like. Normal is eating in a way that's healthy, beneficial, like advantageous to your goals. And then when you, when you're doing something weird is when you're eating those quote unquote normal foods, right? Like that's the weird thing. And I think once you kind of shift to that side of it, that's where the big, that's where like big progress can come, you know? Yeah. And, but also we have to like, look at our situations. I mean, you were 330 some pounds. I was 340 some pounds. That's an extreme situation. Sometimes extreme right. situations call for an extreme change an extreme uh, diet or whatever you want to say, um, because, you know, both of our stories are similar where you go to a doctor's appointment, it's not favorable and it kind of gives you a little bit of a wake up call. And, you know, sometimes that wake up call requires extreme action because you're in a, uh, extreme situation. Yeah, that, that, that has been my experience, um, a hundred percent. And I still am a, it's funny because you don't see you don't see a lot of people that uh, promote like a not labeled diet, right? I guess is, would be an easy way to say it, but I, I'm very much, I am in support of uh, a ketogenic diet. I will tell anybody that asks that that was the most powerful weight loss tool for me. And it provided me the most uh, mental, it, it gave me the opportunity at least to make mental changes. The diet didn't do anything for my mentality, right? Like I worked to make the changes, but the diet helped make it easier to make those changes. Uh, so I'll tell anyone that I support keto, even though if you scroll my feed, it does it no longer looks keto anymore, right? So like it's, I find myself in this weird gray area of uh, of nutrition, not being able to quickly throw banners and labels on uh, what I'm doing, but that's because I'm so supportive of so many ways of eating. Because at the end of the day, like we said earlier, the whole point of the podcast and everything is like, inform and inspire. I'm not going to police the protocol that you're doing. I just want to inspire you to bend, like to make change. And as long as you're making progress, getting results, that kind of thing, live and let live, right? Like let people take the approaches they want to take as long as it's not detrimental, right? Like starvation is not the approach I would recommend anyone take. Uh, but if you want to do keto, what I would never, ever tell you to not try that. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't have to be um, as like, dogmatic as it is you know like people cling to to their diets like um like it's a religion and and it's like a lot of the people who are like if it fits your macros kind of people to label them that you know they like think keto's the devil and that yeah. you're you're gonna go grow horns and eat their children or something like it's not it's not one side or the other it's what works for you what best fits your lifestyle what best fits your habits and then on top of that, it's, you know, it's just what works for you, what you can sustain. Yeah. And it's also when you think it's like the, the, the things that we say to describe diets are there in like in their nature are kind of absurd. Cause when you say like 
if it fits your macros is definitely it, it's it it's a diet like it's a label people use to describe their diet because you get a very clear picture of what that means but in all reality following a ketogenic diet is fitting macros they're just different the macros just look drastically different right like yeah. it's not it's still fitting that person's macros they just choose to have different macros than you and then when you say tell someone that you eat keto well there's vegetarian keto and then there's people eating a carnivore diet and having ribeyes all day like those are drastically different but they can still throw them under the same banner of keto so even within these things that we try even within the rule sets that we try to give ourselves you find differences and i think it's just how many differences are you open to like where do you draw your line right before you say like before you cut it off yeah so one thing just i want to change the directions a little yeah, yeah. bit here is you had a mindset like a lot of other people, I think, whenever you started losing weight the first time, you said uh, that you thought in your head, losing weight will make me happy. And I think a lot of people get in that mindset because literally eating makes them happy. And then their body, seeing their body after they eat makes them unhappy. So it's only a natural, natural progression to think, hey, if I wasn't so fat, I might really love myself you know like that i think that's like really thoughts that people go through their head and so like how how have you been able to you know like work past that and like basically detach your um happiness from your weight uh so it i mean it it all started like i said i hit it was uh when i hit 209 pounds i had the uh, the soul sucking job, uh, as I as I like to refer to it, I really went through um, a fairly uh, heavy situation. Um, I was super depressed. Um, I did. I've gone. I've done uh, several things to kind of change my mindset. It became obvious to me on my own that like, oh, this didn't work. Like, I look so much better, but I feel no more. Like, yeah, no happier every single day, and. What I found was that it was because I had been neglecting myself. And and that's not to say physically again, right? It goes back to like physically I was doing everything. I was I was taking care of myself, uh, of my of my like vehicle, so to speak. Like I was mm -hmm. I was my my car was uh was it buttoned up in tip top shape, but I was never putting any gas in it. Kind of like that would be a decent analogy because like I would, my machine was really solid. Like I felt good, um, but I felt shitty at the same time mentally. And what I found was like, well, I don't, I didn't even really know who I was. Like I didn't have interests. I didn't really have any free time that I had would be like, well, I don't want to start X, Y, Z. I don't want to start this hobby, this what uh, project. I don't want to start uh, it's even television series, even though that's still a relatively lazy thing. Like I didn't want to do anything because I knew that I'd have so little time uh, to dedicate or to think or focus on myself that like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know who I was. I just avoided doing anything because it felt like there was never, what was the point essentially is what it came down to. And for me, I guess the biggest breakthrough that I had was like little by little, I start to uh, I think it's worth saying that I, this is something I'm not proud of, but it absolutely happened that that job put me in, in such a hole um, mentally and, and just in my life that uh, I it's the only time that I've ever just just walked away. Just like 
sent an email after everyone left one day about how I wasn't going to come back. And then I left as the last person of the day and never went back to that job. Right. Not proud of it. Would never recommend uh, doing that again, but to touch on something that we said earlier, it's like when you're in such a desperate or extreme feeling situation, sometimes the only solution also feels like you have to do the extreme thing. Right. So I went from having no time, no life, no idea who I was to, uh, now my wife is providing for our family in, in this uh, transitionary period and I'm home with the kids. So like I'm spending a lot of time with my family, but I also get 15 hours of each day of five days a week back. So now I can start to explore all kinds of things. And, and at first it was hard because again, not knowing who you were, you didn't, I didn't even know where to start. Like, and most of the time I would just end up neglecting myself anyway, but spending more time with the kids. So it kind of still felt like a win, right? Because Mm -hmm. it wasn't lost to work. Like it was still beneficial. I was doing family stuff, but I was still kind of neglecting myself, but that did help, right? Because at least I liked where my time was going more. Uh, Like I was happier with the allocation. Uh, But then, like I said, like I slowly started to, uh, I like, I left, I didn't work out at home anymore. I would go to the gym just to kind of get out, out of the house. Right. And I found that I enjoyed going to the gym Um, but it was around this self-discovery time that I really started, um, tossing around the idea and like, this isn't to try to segue us into another topic or anything, um, because it will kind of move me on from the happiness point. But this is about the time that I decided I wanted to like dabble in martial arts, uh, Mm um, so to speak, because I was already in the process of discovering what, like what made me like what made me like what scratched that itch inside right like what really fulfilled or gave me this like I don't want to call it purpose because that makes it sound culty um, but like what really just did it for me right and and like I had had interests um you know at that point I was like I'm doing video games I've got my guitar back out at several points um that I used to play in high school uh so like I was trying to explore myself as a person um when And so my biggest advice before I get too far gone from the um, make yourself happy point would be that like, you really have to know, like know what you need, know who you are, know like what you need in order to be happy. And then within reason, um, obviously uh, try to carve time out. It's it's the whole concept of self-care. That term off like most of the time is implied to like women or moms or things like that. But like, for men it is equally as important. Um, it can look very, very different. Self-care doesn't have to mean bubble baths for men, but like something that just kind of fulfills you or gives you like real happiness in your life. Cause there's pleasure, right? There's the pleasure of like sleeping in and drinking beer or like there's all kinds of things that give you this little momentary like boost of pleasure, but then you're back to a life that where you aren't necessarily happy, right? You're just avoiding it with these other things. Um, whereas if you can find things that truly make you happy, uh, whether that be a hobby, if you want to paint, if you want to learn an instrument, right? Like if you want to take up a sport, um, it could be a million things, make music, right? But something that you can kind of cling to as that's separate from your weight, mind you, right? Because some people really do become happier as they lose weight, but then they also, on the other side of that, they put back on three pounds and they're devastated. So like, it also helps to have multiple places where you're looking for happiness. I would say those are my two biggest pieces of advice would be like a uh, almost selfish uh, self-care kind of sense, because 
you can't pour from an empty cup. We'll throw cliches around all day on podcasts. Right. Yeah. But uh, so like, but that's just, I mean, it's true. It's, it's super true. So um, self-care would be one. And then also have at, at least a, a couple of places where you find true like joy and happiness and fulfillment. Um, like for me, the big ones, even to this day, continue to be uh, family and jujitsu. Like those are always two things that kind of keep me because, and granted, I love everything I do with my podcast, my social media stuff, like this quote unquote influencer, that's a gross word, but um, I get called it enough where I'll maybe lean into it because, um, but like all of those things are, are fulfilling because at the end of the day, I'm trying to create a life that's all about things that I want to do, like create a life around my passions. Um, but I always know that I can fall back on my family and jujitsu. And those are always going to be like the two big pillars. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying. And for me, you know, I think it was like a little bit, you know, just that my thought process behind it was a little bit different in that, you know, I never necessarily felt unhappy. I had, you know, I had a great family, a great life in general, but like I did definitely feel um, un, unfulfilled. And I think that's like one reason I've always been um you know, uh, enjoyed Matt Vincent's content. One reason I want to have him on the show is because like, you know, he really like, uh, has that kind of like plus one mentality, which is like, I think what I grew into of like 1% better every day in like a constant state of continuous improvement. And that's what I developed over this time. And I think that's what has made me to the point I am now where I literally feel the happiest I've ever been in my life. And it's because, um, constantly like pushing myself in new ways and finding stuff that um i really enjoy and also building confidence through pushing myself like just for example like i started crossfit this week and and it's not that i'm not great at crossfit i'm not great at all the movements but just the fact that i will go through and like work relentlessly until that hour class is done and that just continues to build my confidence on myself that i can do anything I want. And that contributes to, um, definitely contributes to my overall happiness. I mean, before I just didn't, I had good things in my life, but I personally, I didn't have a lot going for me. And now through jujitsu and podcasting and all these things, like, I like you're saying, like, I've just found for fulfillment, like I'm helping people, I'm helping myself and I'm building confidence. And, you know, I, I don't know how I could make myself happier as a person than the things that, that I've found through this journey. Right. You're no longer, I think you're in, in a similar position to me also by taking a similar route, but like you're closer to, you're at the point now where you've found the things and now you're just like pulling those threads, right? Like you're going down each of those, like you found jujitsu. So now that's a focus, right? The focus at a certain point, if you're the person we're describing, that's, that feels unfulfilled and just feels like something is missing, right? Like you don't, like something's missing. You don't have like purpose and, and real fulfillment in your life. Um, that first step is to explore your options, right? Like try something, do something, right? Like try different things. And then once you kind of find the things that give you that feeling that uh, almost indescribable feeling, but everyone knows kind of what we're talking about. I think, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but once you find those things, then you just kind of take each of them deeper. And I, and I think that we're both kind of in that, in that point where we found the things that really bring us happiness or like we have found the framework of the life that we want. And now it's just 
uh, or I should let's call it the foundation. And now it's just about building that life upon that foundation. At least that's how I feel for myself. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent do. And, um, you know, the thing about it is it's not just going to be one thing typically, like you can find a lot of things that fulfill you in different ways. So like for me, like this podcasting helps fulfill my sense of like, doing something for my community and helping people and like growing in that way. And then strength training helps me, you know, mentally, like it's a mental challenge that I'm constantly trying to overcome. And then jujitsu like just feeds that competitive, competitive side. And also like a, um, kind of like a brotherly sense of things like a, a fraternal sense of things. Like I enjoy hanging out with the people at jujitsu and like building those bonds of going through like, a struggle together and constantly working hard. And so like, I got three things that really fulfill me in different ways. And I am very excited to see like, you know, how my podcast grows and how my jujitsu journey takes shape and what I can do physically. Um, you know, all those things are kind of like accumulation. Yeah, exactly. It's never one thing. Like, the things that put you in the bad spot, it's never one, it's like, it's never one thing you're doing that's doing it. It's compounding habits, right? And having success, making change, making progress. That's also the culmination of a lot of little things. It's not any one big thing that you do, right? Like you have to, it's, it's uh, similarly to how you in nowadays, uh, I think there's a lot of recommendations to set up your income this way. This is advice that I've heard, right? But you don't want to have like one thing that you rely on, so to speak, you want multiple streams of income, right? Well, you can kind of look at happiness and fulfillment the same way. Like you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket with what makes you happy, right? You'd like, you should have multiple things that work in multiple different ways. And some of them complement each other. Some of them are totally unrelated, but like, it's all about finding that life, right? That you're looking for. Yeah. So one question that I have for you, that's something that, you know, I have been running into is, is how you balance all those things, how you manage all those things, because, you know, what we are saying is a lot, you know, like before you're saying, whenever you were, uh, you know, before you started down this path, you were always worried about like the time commitments and like, I might not have time to do a podcast or I might not have time for this. So now I'm running out of points where there, or where I'm running into a point where there are almost not enough hours in the day. So how do you, how do you manage some of those things? Uh, poorly at first. (laughs) <laughs> would be what I would say. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, but like this, uh, th- every this whole primal bro brand, like trying to discover, because like obviously I developed because it was so massively impactful in my life. Um, I discovered a passion for just generally fitness, nutrition, weight loss style things, right? So starting primal bro, it was a paleo food blog. Like I made some recipes, not a tremendous amount, some very good ones though. Um, some not so good, but whatever I, but it was, a, it was just a food blog paleo. There was no like large content aspect. There was not even a large personal aspect. Right. And then over time it evolved into me just like being this, like essentially primal bro is me. Would I at least, um, who I'm trying to be right. Like, uh, like success failure. You see me trying to create this life. Um, so I think that the big thing is that it's a, it's like I said earlier, Emma was happier with where the time was going. So it's not that I like, I granted it, it's, I still um, do not lose as much time as I felt like was lost 
with that job where I was essentially gone for 15 hours or 14 to 15 hours a day. Um, that was a big time suck, right? So like that made anything difficult, uh, probably more psychologically than anything. Cause if you want it bad enough, like now I'm, I can look back and say all these things to myself. Right. But I couldn't do it then. Um, but now it is all about that, the happiness that I get from where I'm allocating the time. That's a big one. Um, in terms of actually breaking it down and scheduling it, it I try to be um, disciplined. Like I, I have set times where I'll do podcasts and I always do my best to try to see if like these allocated time slots that I said, there's certain days, which I should say will work for most guests. And for the most part it does. And I'm, I get, I'm fortunate. Right. So, but I have to be very meticulous with my scheduling because I have, uh, I have three children, uh, I, I'm my wife and she works. So then with all of those obligations, I also have my jujitsu training. Uh, I, I I work out for myself, but it's like, uh, and then I get up and I do like content. So it's always for me, the two things that help me structure the most, I always try to plan a week ahead. And that's not to say that I'm so detailed as to say, like, I've already typed out this uh, Instagram post. So, or whatever, it's like, I've already typed out this Instagram post for next Thursday, right? I'm not that prepared. But I do have like, I do try to schedule things out for myself where it's like, right on Thursday, I'm going to post about this, or this is the message I want to convey, right? So like, I try to have some kind of framework so that I stay ahead of myself. Um, and I just thrive in a, uh, I think a good way to say it would be like a inexact, exact schedule. Like it's, it, mm -hmm. there's flexibility built into it, but the framework that allows for that flexibility is the same and kind of managing that. Um, I have found to be the most beneficial, but it's like I said, I have to weigh things because I used to do YouTube videos more. Um, and now I'm pretty much solely focused on podcasts when it comes to a con from a content perspective, I guess. Um, so, but like YouTube videos took a lot of time. Uh, and in all honesty, we're more conventionally say business successful than the podcast is to this point, right? Like you would think that it, it was a good idea. Most people would continue doing that. But when you, when I weighed like the ratio of time I had to dedicate to um, benefit, when I say benefit though, I don't just look at money or followers, right? So benefit was also like, how do I feel about this? Is it fulfilling? And it just wasn't a fulfilling process or project. So I don't do that anymore, right? Um, I guess you have to be okay letting certain things go. Prioritizing is, is the number one uh, perhaps thing I would say, and then to give yourself some kind of schedule or framework that you can rely on. It's just like your diet, right? Like if you forget your lunch, you have a general framework so you can go to Wendy's and, and you can make it work, right? Like mm -hmm. you, but it's not exactly, I guess, the thing you're going to do. So like, at least you have an idea of what you need to do each day to kind of put your time in the right buckets so to speak. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. I, I mean, I work off of a similar schedule. So like on Sundays, I spend, you know, pretty much the majority of my day um, meal prepping and getting ready for the next, like meal prepping, editing podcasts, working out and just getting ready for uh, the week. And, all, and during that time, you know, I set up like I do in detail, pretty much like plan my meals. That way I have a, um, you know, a pretty good schedule for that. And then, but that allows me like, Hey, if I miss 
you know, this meal on this day, I still know in general what I should be eating. So like you're saying, it kind of gives me a framework. And then, you know, I, I just say like, hey, I'm going to, you know, schedule one podcast this week and, and see where that goes. So I do the same thing. But the the biggest thing, like you said, is prioritizing because like, like, you know, with this podcast and the content making all that stuff, like you're saying, you know, I, I literally have like two YouTube videos and, and the reason why is because I started doing that and I just saw like the time commitment that it was going to take. And, you know, that just wasn't the most beneficial for my time. Like I'm already running on, on a low amount of time, but then I also struggle with the other side of myself that like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it a hundred percent and take advantage of all avenues and, you know, kick ass. Like, and that's just my, that's just kind of like my nature and what I want to do, but I have to hold myself back a little bit and be like, well, that exact thing is not a priority. You just need to keep hammering on what you got and make it even better. Yeah. I find myself at times becoming, so like a good example of that is, so like I made a couple of reels for Instagram, but like just for fun, right? Cause like I put, we, we talk about inform, inspire. I, I also, I lump entertained in mine. I try to be somewhat entertaining. If you read my like captions on Instagram, some of them I try to be funny and witty, same thing in my story, right? Like yeah. I just try to make it a reflection of who I am and for better or for worse, I uh, like to mock or joke and take, as my wife says, not take things seriously. Uh, <laughs> But like I have uh it's it's just been the same thing for me, like prioritizing where I want uh sorry, there's sorry, there's noise in my house. It's, it's my kids running around, it's all good. <laughs> That's fine. And I lost my place and I apologize, but we were talking about prioritizing yeah sorry i think we were having a little technical difficulties we were we were cutting in and out but yeah we were we were talking about prioritizing and uh just you know making the most of of what we have and not going too deep into the rabbit holes you were actually talking about reels and making those for fun thank you so i so like it started out i made reels for fun and then but like they'd get like whoa the feedback on these is great like they had a lot of views and stuff and then I found myself like forcing it, like trying to make reels. Cause I was like, Oh, people like these, I should make more of these. And that's where I had to kind of re- bring myself back and be like, well, no, I should, I'm like, I try to do as few things as possible. Like, because that's what I think I should do. Or I think people like, uh, I try to keep it authentic, but like you said, I, I got obsessed with at like that point, you said as, as much as I can do. And I was like, well, real, if I do reels, that's me doing more and more is always better, which I think we know is not the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt, I, I just found myself wasting so much time making barely making reels. And then like the more effort I put into it, the harder it got to make them because it was no longer just coming to me or fun. Right. It was now it was like a chore and all of a sudden I had forced and it wasn't again, the mental benefit, the none of it was really worth the time that I had to put into it. Uh, so I backed off of that a little bit, but that's a good example. I think like you said, like you get all these different avenues and sometimes you throw 30% energy into something that gets you 5% benefit. So that trade-off isn't really worth it. 
yeah and like you're saying there's a point of like diminishing returns where you you know like you are on the reels and you're making those for fun and they're successful but then when you start grinding at it and then it's like this guy just made a reel about a bottle of ketchup or some shit and right and nobody wants to like nobody wants to watch it because like it feels it even feels forced to like to your audience so sometimes like just going with the flow and doing what you can is like is even better but it's it's weird it's a it's a fine line and you know i mean you can kind of relate that to to fitness too like if, if the stuff that you're doing with diet and nutrition and exercise is like too forced it's never gonna pan out for you yeah it's it you can't like white knuckle your way through six months and lose 75 pounds and then like what are you going to do? I don't know when you stop holding on, right? Like you have to find something that doesn't feel that was like, I was talking about earlier, like keto's the thing that it, it wasn't easy for me to lose weight and change my habits, but keto made it easier. Like mm -hmm. it's exactly the same concept. It's like, just find the approach or like find the method that kind of helps you again, bang for your buck. Right. Yeah. So one thing, uh, you know, like looking at your Instagram and following you for a while. So like you do some coaching as well, right? Yeah, that was uh, something that I got. So I did it um, for, like for someone else, I guess, really in, in the in the real origin of it is my wife also lost a significant amount of weight. She's lost like 110, 111 pounds herself. Um, I'm unsure if this was your experience or, or if you were. Um, but like I she gained weight. Like I basically, it was almost like fat was a disease. And then once we got together, I infected her with it. Right. Like she, like, so she fell into my habits and kind of stuff. So like she put on a lot of weight, uh, but then we also lost weight um, together. So she was the first, but she's very much like, I love to, if I get into something, I want to learn everything about it. Mm -hmm. I want to know how it works. I want to know why it works. I want to see different ways that you can get it to work and the benefits disadvantages, but like, and she is very much a, tell me what to do. Cause I don't want to think about this person. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she was informally the first person that I ever coached. Cause I had to figure out like, I could tell her like she wanted to track calories and stuff, but she didn't want to like put figure out like how much she should eat. She didn't want to figure out protein. When we went keto, she didn't want to figure out like much. Uh, she doesn't even like recipes. Like I still cook a lot of the food. So like, she just, she's just, uh, I don't want I mean, she's not lazy at all. She actually works much harder in my opinion than I do. Like she's, she has more of that standard definition of work ethic than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I become obsessive and she is not. So I helped her, um, through all that weight loss. And then I helped one friend of mine, uh, that I worked with at the time and, and he lost a good amount of weight. And then from there, I was like, whoa, like I, um, something kind of, I don't like clicked is a big word, but I was kind of like, I love this because there, when people that you help, especially I saw it more with my friend than with my wife, but when I helped him, it was like every five pounds, 10 pounds, it, talking to him, you just, there's an energy. He's just so happy. And it's like, I also know the changes that can be made, like, it improves everything about your life, proving your physical health, like losing weight and getting healthier will have benefits. It'll spill over into other aspects of your life. That's undeniable. Like we said earlier, weight loss won't make you happy, but it kind of opens the door for you to become happier. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and seeing him go through that and like lose, I want to say he lost 55 pounds. Uh, and I still use his transformation photo to this day when I promote coaching, because that was like, 
the first per- real first real person I ever helped. Now that my wife's not a real person, but doesn't count in my opinion. Um, <laughs> you live in the same household, right? Ex- exactly. Um, so then it was just me. It started out like just offering this service, like, "Hey, let me help you. Let me help you." Uh, I helped enough people. I got an opportunity to um, coach for like it was a it was a keto specific, but it was a website where they had multiple coaches. Um, and people could go on and I was one of those options. And that was my first real, like, I guess I would call it formal experience. Uh, and then from there, not again, not liking like the fact that I essentially was working. And this makes me sound like a crybaby, but not necessarily liking the fact that I was working for someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of dropped that, but just kept doing the same thing on my own. Um, and then ever since then, it has just been a constant, uh, I love like the biggest, the most important thing to me about all the stuff that I do is that people like change, like people experience these same beneficial changes that I have experienced. People live like the life that they want, even if it's not the same as the one that I want, right? Just like helping people find what I have found, I guess, like trying to lead them to this treasure that I have found, so to speak. Um, That is deeply like it. It is it. I I just love the feeling of being in the process with someone. And with coaching, I have found that there are some things that I I don't like. There are some people who, quite frankly, just aren't ready or aren't committed. Right? Like there's, it doesn't always work out. But I, more often, it does work out, and that is the most rewarding and fulfilling feeling. Um, that I get. I guess like even going on the podcast is cool, but that's more more selfish because it's like I'm making content that will help people but I'm also getting to talk to people that I really like and like I just like talking to people right so like the podcast is it scratches a different itch but the coaching helping really being truly connected to somebody who wants change and helping them get it and seeing how excited they are um, and being able to help them with dumb little things that I struggled with that you shouldn't have to but no one told me Mm -hmm. right so um, that's just something that I accidentally on purpose like it, the first cup like the first client my friend was an accident i was just helping my friend um but then like i said the it was similar um you talk about this brotherhood at jujitsu you know like you get there early because you everybody hangs out ahead of time you leave late because you can't stop talking when class is over like <laughs> there i get it but like and so in that same like energy like togetherness feeling is what i felt and what I try to manifest with everyone that I coach, because as much as I love jujitsu and the brotherhood I have there, people who are truly seeking better, we also share that. And, and I'm really connected to that as well. You know, one thing that you said that stands out to me is like, you know, the overweight, the obesity is like a disease and like you can spread it to people sharing your habits. For me, that was actually a little bit, um, kind of actually backwards like so my wife was like super into um you know working out eating right and stuff and I actually gained the most of my weight while we were together but like then once it clicked like her um work ethic and all that stuff with fitness like rubbed off on me you know like she get she's the one that really got me started you know a combination of her example and the like the doctors telling me that you know, putting it in perspective for me is what really made that change. So, I mean, I'm a full believer that, you know, that success can be, 
can be contagious. And like, so you've had such a success with your weight loss. So, you know, you're spreading that to your clients as an example for them of what could be done when you're willing to do the work uh, mentally, nutritionally, exercise, all those things. When you're willing to put into work, the work, this is what um, the outcome can be. And I'm sure that it is um, expire, inspiring for them. And then once they do it, it's, you know, very fulfilling for you. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny that, that you say that because I've found that not that I don't necessarily, um, let's say market really at all, but to anyone specific. Um, but what I will say is that like, if you, if you're someone who has 20 pounds to lose and aspirations of being a bodybuilder, then I, I'm probably not the person to help you. Like then you're not, I'm not only is that not exactly my wheelhouse. It also is dis, it, it disinterests me. It's not that I don't respect it and want that for people. It's just not where I, again, want to put my time and my energy, right? I want to help people who have more weight to lose people who struggle with more things that were relatable for me. Um, you know, like true obesity and like people who really have a long way to go. Um, because once you get down to the, to the, where you have 20 pounds to lose the bodybuilder example, a lot of it is more, um, technical advice, right? It becomes macros and, and tweaks, little adjustments, cardio. Um, but when someone has 120 pounds to lose, it becomes things more like, you know, you, like finding your reason why, or mm-hmm. maybe you should get the peanut butter out of the house because that's triggering mm-hmm. for you, right? Like it becomes, it's a different um, approach and there's different priorities even within the goals of each client, but like, especially the two examples that I'm using. So I am much more passionate, obviously, because of my experience um, for helping people who really have a lot of weight to lose and just feel desperate or stuck or confused or overwhelmed, right? Like uh, anyone that feels like they need the help, I would love to help, you know? Uh, I get criticism. I don't even want to say criticism, um, but like people become skeptical because there is money attached to it, right? Because it Mm -hmm. is a service. But that just goes back to me saying that I'm trying to create a life around the things that I'm passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not going to lie. I have a, a mortgage and like a car payment. Like I, I need to uh, hit a baseline of sustainability as a human being. So like, that's really one of the only ways that I uh, monetize anything that I do, but that's because it is very intensive. Like when you work with me, I really care. <laughs> like um, if I don't hear, we talk, I talk to my clients, we text every day. Uh, and if I don't hear from someone one day, I will text them. Uh, in a more passive aggressive manner. And then if it goes longer and more directly aggressive manner. Um, but I, I like to stay on top of it, stay connected because like, no matter how you attach money to it or how um, businessy this looks at the end of the day, for me, it really is all about just trying to help other people be live better, right? Like this, find the kinds of things that I found, take it further than me. Like, find enlightenment, please. Right. Like just get from a bad place to a good place. And if I can be a part of that transition or progress for someone, then I'm all about it. Yeah. And another way that I think about it is like, how much do you charge people for your content on Instagram? Or like, how much do you charge people for like your content that you're putting out 
through your podcast? And I mean, the answer is zero, right? right? You're, you're putting out free content every day. And if that is not enough for those people and they need additional help, like it's, you know, it's your livelihood. It's a service that you are offering. So there shouldn't be like, you know, I don't, I hate whenever people are like that, right? Like you're giving me something, I'm giving you something in return and I'm the one gaining from it. So, you know, I mean, that, that should be no question, but so if people want to, um, reach out for you for coaching or, or anything like that, where, where should they go? Uh, so central hub for everything. Uh, like we mentioned towards the top, I go by primal bro, um, uh, really everywhere. And I almost literally mean everywhere. Uh, I have, if you go to primalbro.com, that'll have everything. So you can find my podcast there. It links to my Instagram. Um, I'm working on, as you can see from today, from our call, I've had some camera issues. I've been tech working on a technical setup because I'm thinking about starting, um, a Twitch stream. And that goes back to looking for places to allocate time where you feel like, where is this worth it for me? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that might be coming soon, but that's linked, uh, or that is coming might be soon. will definitely come. Uh, but that's linked on there. So primalbro.com is the central hub. Instagram's where I'm most active at primal bro. And if you look up primal bro cast, uh, it is everywhere. Apple, Spotify. Um, I upload them to my YouTube channel. Uh, so I do still have that YouTube channel I talked about, and you can still go see all those videos that I took so much time on, um, but didn't necessarily enjoy doing, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> there's some good stuff on there. Uh, but mostly it is just a place for me to share the podcast. If you like to listen that way with Spotify, Apple, Google, um, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere you're listening to this, you can listen to mine, I would assume. Uh, but yeah, yep. primalbro.com at primalbro, primalbrocast podcast. All right, man, before we get off here, I, I, we can't leave without top, talking about the topic of jujitsu. I mean, it just can't happen. No, so, so I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many uh, or how did you get started in jujitsu and how has that, you know, contributed to your journey? Um, I'll try to be brief uh, as I feel like I have rambled for the most of this podcast, but no, you're good, man. That's what it's for. Uh, when I was, when I was, so like, I've always been interested in, uh, martial arts, uh, kick-ass style stuff. Like my dad and I would watch Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Uh, Rocky was like my favorite movie. Um, so we really loved martial arts, Steven Seagal, Chuck Norris, all of it, but I was never active, right? Fat, lazy as a kid. So I became, as I became an adult, I started going through my weight loss journey. It wasn't until, uh, I was, I was keto when I started jujitsu. So it's a lot of people ask me like, did jujitsu, how was your, how was, how did going keto affect your jujitsu? And it's like, I have no idea because I was keto when I started. Mm -hmm. um, but I started and towards, I started in September of 2017. Uh, and that was like the first day since then. Uh, and at that point, it's worth noting, I was, I had just gotten under the 200 pound mark. Um, I was in like the one nineties when I started. Uh, and that was, that was like my reward to myself was I went 200 pounds and I did it. I, I tried kickboxing and jujitsu. I tried a few different gyms. Uh, I, I would like, I thought I would like kickboxing more cause of like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. But I found that I didn't really like getting hit. Uh, wasn't crazy about it. So, mm -hmm. so jujitsu and not only that, but like, there's just something indescribable like jujitsu that it's, it's competitive. It's, um, individual, like that's something I liked about it. That's any martial art though, but it's not like a team sport. Like if, 
someone can miss the three, the, the three pointer and then my team loses, but like my performance was overall good team sports was always, I, I, I just found an oddity that I found with it. I really like individual things like wrestling, uh, jujitsu, obviously. So I started jujitsu in September, 2017. I basically have gone, um, with short of shutdown early COVID, like I'm, I'm back to it now, but since the first class I went, I believe I go, uh, like, and then take vacation stuff out of it. But essentially my schedule is four to six times a week, uh, for what almost, so for three, um, going into the fourth year, uh, at this point, I, I have, I'm a blue belt. I'm a, I just got my fourth stripe, uh, at the beginning of January. Um, and it is the single, my single favorite, like, thing that I have in, in my life for a lot of reasons. Like I said, it's a, there's a brotherhood community in the gym. Uh, it scratches that competitive itch that I'm guilty of having a very um, intense one, right? So, like, it helps me. I, I'm the guy that, like, if I didn't have jujitsu, I wouldn't be a lot of fun to play board games with. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, so... But like, yeah, it's, it just checks all the boxes and it really goes back to that fulfilling feeling, the feeling that we can, we can't quite describe, but most people know what we're talking about. Like it just does it for me. Uh, and like I said, went from the time that I went, I've just maintained a fairly, I don't know, not intense because it's not like I do two a days or anything, but a, a fairly um, consistent and, and, and regular schedule since then. Um, it's just my, uh, yeah, it's just my favorite thing ever. So we can talk as long or short as you want about it. Yeah, it's uh, I, you know, I treat it as my escape. So like, actually, actually, as of this month, I've been doing jujitsu for three years, and it, you know, like when I tell this people all this to people all the time, like I, I do like struggle with some anxiety and stuff like that, and during that time of jujitsu is the only time during my day when I have zero other things on my mind. It's yes. not, it's not possible to sit there and think about in my, most of my anxiety stems like directly from work. And when I do, I make sure people don't get hurt. So I'm constantly worried about people getting hurt <laughs> yeah, and that's anxiety, like by nature. <laughs> yeah. So like in, when you're in management and things like that, like it, it just never quits. Like your brain never shuts off. You're always worried about tomorrow and the next thing. And, and jujitsu there's none of that for me it's like everything is for that two hours or whatever however long i'm there in class everything is completely erased and all i'm worried about one in the beginning is the technique and then all i'm worried about the second part is not being choked to death or having an arm ripped off yeah. you know and it, there's not a lot of opportunity to worry about other things to worry about like the little things in life and in during the covid uh shutdown when that was taken away from me, it was like stuff was like building up. It's almost like jujitsu is a time where it is like a mental reset for me. And if I don't have that, I'm building up anxiety or concern or whatever you want to call it. Well, it is something that's that's funny because um, I so we I don't know how long uh, you were shut down, but we were shut down, I think, I want to say from mid-March to the beginning of June or I was right around three months, I think total yeah. time lost due to, to lockdowns. And um, I 
didn't realize how much I relied on jujitsu for essentially all the things that you're talking about. Like I knew that it got the competitiveness out of me. And I knew that when I left jujitsu, like, so I could probably get in a fender bender and smile because yeah. like, I'm not I just, just the edge is gone. Right. Like it, you're a different person when you leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I am. And like not having that, it was not noticeable at first, but then once you're th- two and a half, three, four weeks in, then it's like, there's just this like angst or there's just this weird. And like, no matter how many kettlebell swings or hill sprints or pull-ups, like no matter what else I did, I couldn't get it out. You know what I mean? So like I had a lot of, um, I don't want to say I struggled with anxiety during lockdown, especially because comparatively to a lot of people and the situation, like I didn't stress it very much at all like it wasn't it wasn't tremendously detrimental for me uh personally and that is obviously a selfish statement but it's true um but like it it for me it was that like whoa i really rely on jujitsu to now escape some of the things that i wasn't so happy with which at that point wasn't a tremendous amount but i did have some stuff to address like you said whereas like these little anxiety it was kind of built up and there was this like this um edge or cloud that all of a sudden was here that wasn't normally there. And that's because I trained so often, so regularly that it's, I always kept it at bay. Right. And like I said, it didn't matter how many other exercises or what other types of exercises I tried to do. I never shook it really. Right. But like I learned, I guess I'm better off because I learned a little bit with how to deal with it better um, just from a psychological standpoint. But at, at the same time, it made me want to get back that much worse because I like, I need help kind of, I don't know, keeping this monster at bay, so to speak. It makes it sound extreme, but that's kind of what it was. Yeah, it definitely makes you appreciate it. And one way that, um, you know, I've heard like Joe Rogan talk about it, that, that really makes sense to me is like, you know, you go and do something really hard, right? And then it like, it puts the rest of your day uh, or like the next day in perspective. So like, you know, there can be just like little annoying things that pop up at work. And I feel like they don't get on my nerves as bad. Cause like nothing that I'm going to go do at work is like the same amount of pressure or intensity or uncomfortability as it is like being stuck in like a brutal neon belly, you know, like it, yeah. it's, it's easy to put some stuff in perspective that way. Yeah. Nothing in my daily life is as miserable as, as having someone on your back with the body triangle on you. Yeah, You know, like that is, that's the worst part of my day. And I love it. And it's weird to say it like that, but it's true. It is. It's mental. It's just so mentally challenging. So one thing about both of us is that we started jujitsu after we had lost like the majority of our weight. Like I had lost over a hundred pounds and you know, I, I was pretty happy and content with my weight. And, um, so what do you say to people? Maybe they're just like starting on a weight loss journey and are thinking about jujitsu. Yeah, that's, I try to have no regrets, right? Because like they don't do you a tremendous amount of good to regret things. You have to accept, right? Um, But of all the regrets that I have, it would be waiting. And it was an intent. Like I knew that I wanted to do some martial arts stuff before I got under 200 pounds, but it was essentially the same mindset that keeps somebody from going to the gym when they're overweight was very much the same like fear of one of being the fat guy at right um so my advice is start because 
if you're in the if you're in a good gym, if you're at, at like if you're at a school, or academy, gym, we can use these words interchangeably. But if you're at a place where it's you have good training partners and you have good instruction, they're gonna be able to teach you jujitsu where you are. But then doing jujitsu as long as you're also if you're you know, like say a weight loss journey, like if you're really trying to lose weight, jujitsu only stands to aid in that. Mm-hmm. Like wear wear a gi and roll around for an hour. And like at minimum, it's a lot of sweating, but it's also a lot of calories burned. Right. And it's, um, it, it's also for, I have found it's a purpose. Like it may doing jujitsu makes everything else easier. Like working out, I'm more willing or excited to work out because, ah, this will help me in jujitsu sticking to my diet. I should like, it's an extra motivation or bump to do all of these other things because they all feed into this one thing that I care so much about. Um, but anyone that wants to try it or is interested in trying it, I don't care how much you weigh. I would say just, just do it. Um, I also don't recommend that people sign up at the first school that they try. You can sign up at the first one you tried as long as you tried others, Mm -hmm. right? Like, but don't at least go to two or three if, if it's in the area, some people are more limited and I understand that. Um, I think in my area, there were only, I say only four options, um, and I tried three of them and I ended up going with actually, like I said, the first one that I tried, but it just fit the vibe. Like gyms are going to be different. The vibe, the energy, the people, there's a culture in each gym that is a little bit different. And, and it, just like you were saying with the messaging, different people saying different things, hit people differently. Gyms, no different, um, uh, different gyms will hit people differently. Uh, and it's funny, I have it not to, again, not to ramble, but a funny experience actually this week, um, because there was someone who came for his first class and he was, uh, very overweight. Like I saw my old self very much in him, but like, I super, I was very like, I, I love it when heavier people show up and are mm-hmm. trying it. I will, I'm the blue belt that will go to the new person at that point. Again, I'm, uh, I'm almost selective because if it's a new in shape person, I probably, I won't really pay a tremendous amount of attention. I'll be nice and encouraging, but like, so, or like, I don't know, guess I have a soft spot for heavy people. Right. Yeah. So like I went to him and I, and through, like I was helping him in his first class and it was just, it was really odd experience, like a mind blowing experience or weird for me because he, he made a comment along the lines of uh, something that we were doing. Like it's easier for people like me referring to small or thin people, right? Like not fat in it. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever been on that side of that conversation <laughs> before. Uh, and what, like, I wanted to say like, bro, I was you like, you can get there, you can get there too. And if you keep coming here, you'll get there faster. Right. But I didn't, uh, I didn't patronize or like promote. I wouldn't say like, here's my Instagram. See, I was just like you. <laughs> I was like, no, man, it'll get easier. You know, keep showing up. Like, but it was just funny. Cause it was like, I, people like me, like I was, I'm you, I'm more like you than I am the people you're talking about. You're like looking around the room, like who the hell are you talking to? (laughs) It ain't me. It ain't me. Right. No, but I, I completely understand. It's, uh, and I think it's like that just for a lot of things, not just jujitsu, but you see yourself in someone else, whether it be in the gym or, or, you know, anywhere where someone's trying to make those good decisions and make that positive change. And, and you want to root them on like you want it's like fighting for the underdog like you know you were that underdog at one time and you just like hope that 
they're they keep coming back and that they make those changes and if there's any even like minute way you can be a part of that journey even if it's just like you encouraging the guy who comes to jujitsu like i mean that that is a contribution that you know we both probably wish we had from somebody during the during the point coming up yeah well just like make that first class like for me now the con like context from where i am now um especially being for my gym a higher belt um far from the highest but on like top 50 percent. so like when people come in i try to make a point to really be the like like nice guy you know what i mean yeah um but like so if i can make sure that person has a positive first experience then maybe they come back and then all of a sudden maybe they feel such the uh transformative power of jujitsu again physically mentally like they get all those same benefits that you and i've talked about today hell you're like top 50 percent in most gyms because everybody else got the blue everybody belt quits blues. yeah everybody <laughs> quits quit. that's right you were neither of us are a statistic now we can proudly say yeah yeah I, i'm most certainly not I, i'm never gonna quit Same. um so um kind of wrapping up here I, I ask everybody um the same question to end the show and that's if you could li give the listeners one simple um you know tip to to implement in their journey to make it easier to make them more successful what would that be uh it is my one piece of advice it's hard right and people ask this a lot and it's funny because um different days I'll give different answers, you know, and it's just, it's interesting how that, how that kind of works because I, there are a lot of things that I think are relatively important, but I think the biggest thing that was important for me was to really just try to look big picture. Like things were like getting where I wanted to get wasn't like, I, it came to a realization that like this kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight and it takes time. Like, obviously you want to see um, progress, but I think it's very beneficial to don't say I'm want to lose 50 pounds, right? If you, you can break it down and be like this month, I want to lose five pounds or like, don't say I'm going to go keto. If you've been eating a standard American diet, right? Say like this week, I am going to eliminate sugar. Um, I think that making small changes and then compounding those small changes together is going to, is, is a more beneficial, at least for me. And I think that it is a, a strategy worth trying for everyone, but don't focus on making these big drastic changes. Like so, so many people, they want to go keto, but not only are they going keto now they're, they're taking ketones and they buy blue light blockers. Uh, for their computer screens and they have red light therapy in their house. And like, they're so focused on all of these things that they need to change and start doing when really you can make a lot of impact in little ways. Like, you know, if people who want to start getting up early, it's like, well, why don't you just stop staying up late? Because then getting up early will come more naturally. It'll be easier, right? Like build little habits of On each other don't try to make a lot of people maybe uh, and that definitely works for people that i know um small changes stacked on top of each other is going to be where you get more the most work done 
boom, that's a wrap. You heard it here first. Small changes stacked on top of each other gets the most work done and is the most sustainable. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Huge thanks to Ben for being on the show. Make sure you guys check him out on Instagram at Primal Bro and his podcast, Primal Bro Cast. All right. As always, stay hungry and we will see you next week.